police in the morning. Three thousand years ago, an evil Egyptian sorceress, Horskep's son, was buried alive for indulging forbidden pleasures of the flesh with the pharaoh's beautiful daughter. Now, Horshepsut's recently excavated mummy has arrived in modern-day Los Angeles, and the removal of a gold Osiris death mask brings her back to life in all her sensual lesbian splendor. With the help of a zombified servant, Horshepsut must find and reclaim the reincarnation of her ancient lost love whose spirit resides in a luscious archaeology student named Anna. Along the way, she seduces several female students who willingly offer their taut young bodies completely to the scheming pleasure-seeking sorceress. Anna, too, begins to ache for the lustful and erotic touch of Horskepsut, not knowing who she really is and that they once had been eager lovers in another life. As Anna moves closer toward her fateful yet luxurious encounter with Horskepsut, will Anna's fiancé or her uncle, Professor Wallace Harwa, be able to save her? I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the B-Movie Bros. Your review B-Movies the best of our ability. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. Here we are, the final week of March, and uh, this week, many attempted resurrections commenced horribly. I mean, we've we've come through the Rape Zombie trilogy, we've had our way with the Lust of Frankenstein, and here we are with the Mummy's Kiss from 2003. Can we dig ourselves out of this hole? What a way to return to things. So... You heard what the back of the DVD box had to say. Let's dive right into the shit with our technical difficulties, top and bottom three. I want to start with the bottom here. So, for me, number three. The dialogue was pretty bland and boring, which was to be expected of a, you know, pretty much a softcore porn movie. Number two. Throughout the movie, the women just throw themselves at the professor, just taking their shirts off in random places, hallways, classrooms, and he's just oblivious to, like, what, you know, they want or what's going on. <laughs> Number one, being a softcore porn, or, you know, pretty close to it, the sex scenes go on way too long, and they're just super awkward to watch. So we're doing the bottom three, right? Yeah. All right, so number three, yeah, the acting was god-awful. Somehow it was actually worse than I expected, and it would have been fine had the dialogue been, you know, actually kind of fun, but it was overall really boring to listen to. Number two, there's a sign in the classroom about a missing dog named Muffin, and we never actually find out what happened to Muffin, so I, I, just, I wonder, like, sometimes I often wonder what happened to poor Muffin, if they found their owner or what happened. And number one, this movie could have been a lot more self-aware and funny. I know it's, like, basically meant to be, it, it's basically softcore porn, like Corey said, but, you know, they could have had fun with it, made it, like, a bit ironic and everything, like, you know, Lord of the G-Strings or something like that. This is just kind of straightforward and, you know, just went to one lesbian sex scene after another, which, you know, that's, I guess, the point of the movie, but, you know, I could have done with some more. I hate to break it to you, Paul, but it, it's been over 20 years. I'm pretty sure Muffin is dead by now. This episode is dedicated to Muffin. If you're out there or, like, whatever happened, we're, we're thinking about you. So, on the top side, for me, number three. 
there is a surprisingly coherent plot line, and, you know, it steadily progresses through the movie. Number two. I don't know what it is, but the music, although seemingly ripped straight out of, like, episodes of Looney Tunes, seems wonderfully fitting to most of the scenes. Just, you know, brought me a little bit of joy. And number one. There is a plethora of boobage in this movie. I mean, even scenes that aren't sex scenes, they're just women taking their tops off, women walking around without their shirts. I mean, it's the point of the movie, and it's there. It brings a lot of it. It's definitely for sure. So number three, as far as I know, the Egyptian history in this movie is accurate. I mean, I'm not going to bother looking it up or, you know, Google search and reading a book, but... I'm just going to assume that in ancient Egypt there were a lot of very horny lesbians everywhere. I just, that's um, that's what the movie said, and I have no reason to doubt that. Number two. Well, this was an erotica or softcore porn film, so in that sense, this movie definitely succeeded in what it was trying to do. It had all its awkward touching that's supposed to be erotic, where, like, they'll just, like, touch each other's shoulders and, like, moan and shit like that. Only they're naked, so I guess that's erotic or whatever, but, you know, I, I, I guess it, it is as advertised. And number one, so, yeah, this movie wasn't self-aware at all, but, like, you know, just for how bad it is, how bad the dialogue is, how cheap everything is, you can definitely get some laughs out of it, even if it is unintentional. So this just reminds me that we have watched a movie that's the complete opposite of this. We watched Ancient Evil. And a mummy was resurrected in, like, the middle of the woods and, like, raped and killed a bunch of gay men. Like, you know, which was also made by the same person who made Bigfoot versus D.B. Cooper, where Bigfoot gave a hand job of death. Never forget that one. <laughs> so even though the dialogue wasn't that great, we're going to go ahead and give ourselves a good old-fashioned quote war. Quote war. We'll quote this movie back and forth. You tell us who had the better quotes. Paul will get us started with, I can't escape the feeling that I know you. We've made love countless times. I was about to call 911. It was a love that would become the stuff of legend. Whore. You must perform the sacred ritual. That ends this episode's edition of Quote Wars. If you have a favorite quote from this movie or anything else you'd like to say about it, please leave it in the comments below. It's time to give our final take. Remember, friends, our final take is a score on our shot scale. Our shot scale is a reverse scale, 1 to 10, 1 being the best, 10 being the worst. How many shots do you need to get through this film? I gave it a 3 out of 10. I gave it a 5 out of 10. So, Mummy's Kiss is a no-frills, softcore porn themed to resurrected Egyptian mummies. It's mostly about how long can we get women to stand with their boobs out on screen, less about the surprisingly coherent plot. If you're on a quest to watch an easy-to-watch, erotic-ish mummy movie, well, then, this is the one for you. Mummy's Kiss is a typical Skinamax film with um, ancient with an ancient hi- Egyptian theme. The dialogue is terrible, the acting is terrible, the plot only exists to get from one naked, softcore lesbian scene to the next. However, the terrible quality of the film is unintentionally hilarious at times. If you're watching this movie, movie then you basically know what you're getting yourself into. I would have preferred if this movie had been a little more self-aware and clever, but, you know. I mean, if you're the type of guy seeking a movie called Mummy's Kiss and you've seen the cover of the movie, then, you know, I don't think that any kind of self-awareness or cleverness is really at the top of your priority list. So there you have it. Now, 
Of course, if you want to have more fun with it, forget about it. Just whatever. We've always got ways to drink away the splick. Drink away the splick. So come on and grab your drink. Let's drink away the splick. Bum, 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 bum. We'll give some drinking games for this film. But remember, friends, drink responsibly. Number one, every time you see an Egyptian artifact, take a drink. Number two, every time Osiris and Isis are summoned, take a drink. Number three, whenever a phone is used, take a drink. And number four, anytime someone is speaking in quote-unquote Egyptian, take a drink. Every time this movie uses cheap CGI, whether to teleport or steal someone's car or whatever, take a drink. Every time there's a flashback to ancient Egypt, take a drink. Every time someone takes off their clothes, take a drink. And every time someone talks about the curse, take a drink. Those are your ways to drink away the splick. If you have any other thoughts about this movie or anything else Beamer related, let's let comment on your iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also email us BeamerBros gmail.com. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com. That's BeamerBros. Follow us on Twitter at BeamerBros. On personal Twitter at BeamerPaul. You can check out all the content, including reviews, interviews, and chats on our website BeamerBros.com. We're new shows each week. Want to help support the show? Consider donating to our PayPal or Patreon accounts. Links are right below. Well, we've come to the end of March, and we've seen five movies this month, so uh, to rank them all. For me, in the number one spot, surprisingly after much debate, The Mummy's Kiss. Simply because there's no guilt in watching this movie. There's not rampant rape. There's not whatever the fuck lust from Frankenstein was. It's just a guilt-free, guilty pleasure. Number two, Lust of the Dead Part 2. It was the most fun movie of that trilogy, the most action, and the most comedic. Number three, Part 1 of Lust of the Dead. It was a full movie, beginning, middle, end. Number four, Lust of the Dead Part 3. It was just a fucking middle. There was no beginning, there was no end. Fuck you, Part 3. Number one. Lust for Frankenstein. I don't even know what that was. It was just someone pointed a camera for an hour and a half at, like, nothing happening. So since finishing the Lust of the Dead movies, I've kind of gone back and forth between which one was better, part one or part three, with part two being the top, obviously. So I did something I never thought I'd do and hope never to do again. I rewatched all three movies. And after that, I've come to the conclusion the best number one for this month was Lust of the Dead 2. Had a full story, it was fun to watch, and it was like it used the concept in a disturbing but like entertaining and like unique way. Number two, I'm switching it from last week and going back to Lust of the Dead 3. So I it was better than I remember. Um it had some in some funny stuff and I mean the whole Sabu thing was just hilarious with the um gay zombie that was and the um and the otaku uh, got what they deserved number three was lust of the dead the original it was you know it was a movie it was started all off but just wasn't quite as entertaining as the other ones in my opinion number four the mummy's kiss i mean it's a skinamax movie um y- it, it doesn't need to have a plot or anything like that you know what you're getting yourself into it's just i would have perf- i was hoping it would have like some level of self-awareness or, like, humor that didn't come from the fact that the dialogue and the acting is just shit. And number five was Lust for Frankenstein. I I just don't have any words for that abomination. 
So next month is April, and that is, of course, our spring cleaning month where we get to watch some things that we haven't gotten a chance to in a while. And for this spring cleaning, we're going to do something special. I have a uh, collection of movies called The Decrepit Crypt of Nightmares, and we're going to be cleaning out the crypt. There are 50 movies in this collection, so every week we're just going to randomly number generate 1 through 50 and take whatever number it is from the list of names, and uh, that's what we're going to watch. So it'll be a surprise for us and a surprise for you. So until next time, friends, be brave, be alive, and be back for more. Get on my knees. Oh, see,